TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Astros with a one nothing advantage over the Twins. Pineda delivers and Springer belts this one. Deep down the left field line. Ball is hooking. If it stays fair, it's gone. And it's fair and a home run. Beyond this year. 0-2 and Marisnik drills this one deep to left field. Ball is hooking down the line as Rosario gives chase. And that ball is gone. Pitch on the way. And Bregman clubs this one left pretty deep. Rosario won't even bother to move. Alex Bregman goes yard and the Astros go up 6 to nothing. Astros Radio on the call. This is Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's the Score North first place twins show. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Judd Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, our twins reporter. You can uh, read his thoughts and musings, including the latest five thoughts, all at scorenorth.com. Brought to you by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business, Manny Hill, other side of the glass. And that was just a small, small sliver of what was an ugly night for the Minnesota Twins at Target Field last night. It started with Michael Pineda, probably, I think it's safe to say, his worst start of the year to this point, and it didn't get any better from there, ending with uh, Adalberto Mejia going one-third of an inning before he walked five, three batters and gave up four runs. Three was that of, all? Three of them Has earned. he been sent down yet? While recording one out. Uh, no minor league options, so that explains why he's on the team. I saw Ro- the uh, postgame, Rocco was asked about him and said, we're going to sit down with him and we're going to have a long discussion about what suits him best. And I o- thought to or myself, what's hurting. <laughs> right? and, yeah, and I thought to myself, you're going to tell him that he is sick as a dog. Yeah, yeah. Something's not right because he has the stuff. He has the pitches. The Twins really like him. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail your no, intro, that's but fine. that was... I, I, I was joking with Manny before. He said, hey, we're going to play some Astros home run sounds, and I, I joked through the glass, said, like, where did you find it? How would you have come up with that? And that <laughs> Such a... That was an ugly... Needle in a haystack there, Manny Hill. <laughs> that was an ugly game last night. Nice of the Twins to let all Twins fans turn over to NBA and NHL playoffs, that's because right. that game was over I, after five innings. So I watched the entire thing. The whole nine innings. Not only Ooh, that, I kept score the whole game, yeah. He's got it in his book. Were you at the game? Can confirm. Hold on. You're a keep score at home guy? This is Judd, yes. Sometimes, yeah. Judd does that. Oh, for sure. Oh, after you beat the Astros 1-0 the night before? Yeah. How much would you like to have that Jake Odorizzi scorecard right now? I got it right here. You know? Yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) That's my point. (laughs) That's this one. Put that one in a frame, Judd. (laughs) I like to keep score games while you're at home. Sometimes, yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. To me, that's both weird and impressive. All, all at the same time. I don't even know how, but <laughs> it's weird I and cons- impressive. I cons- Listen, it was two first play teams last night. I considered it to be a big game. I didn't go, so I picked up the scorebook and because I didn't have a scorecard. I picked up the scorebook and kept score of the game. Let's say I was at home keeping score of the game. After maybe the sixth inning, probably right around the fifth or sixth inning, the scorekeeping would have stopped, and I would just write in the book in case I referred back to it later, Switched over to Warriors Rockets. <laughs> That's what my scorebook would read. Sometimes Judd, after the sixth inning, I'll be there and I'll be taking it. And if uh, you had an Alberto Mejia inning. That's where my book stops, and then my column starts. I begin writing, and in years past, I'd go down, and I'd be, like, referencing the score sheet, and I'm pretty sure Paul Molitor saw at a time or two that, like, dude, that only went five innings, and I was like, yeah. Was there anything anything else that I should have taken note of? I don't know. But even that being said, as ugly a game as it was, like, look, I'm on the it's happening side of things, but just because they won the first game of the series – does not mean that it's happening, and there is 
the other camp in terms of Twins fans or people who maybe used to be Twins fans who are just waiting for that other shoe to drop, a loss like last night against a team like the Astros does not mean that they're right either. This isn't the other shoe dropping, is it? No. Okay. I mean, it's a one-game sample just like the day before when Jake Odorizzi was better than Justin Verlander. I, I'm not betting on that to continue for 162 games, but I try to take checkpoints at every every so often in the season. I, I might ask you guys when your checkpoints are, but I I circle big series with teams. I circle you know pitchers' duels. And I kind of just try to take stock, take inventory every once in a while. And I guess last night was just not one after which I'm taking inventory. I'll look after the series. I'll look because it's a new calendar month. I'm kind of curious where they rate and where Mm -hmm. their stats are and what they're on pace and all that stuff. But I'm not, I'm not making an assessment on that one game of the season. I, I am curious what's going on with Alberto Mejia, but I'm not selling the twin stock that I had just bought 24 hours earlier. Um, one thing off of that game late that I'm intrigued by, and I'm not I'm not sold here, but I'm in, intrigued by it. Fernando Romero comes in, pitches the, the ninth, gives up a hit, gives up a walk, but strikes out two, and his stuff looked pretty good. This is something that intrigues me, because I think once you can get him back to the... He got sent down essentially because at some point in, in the spring, surprisingly, I guess, he lost the plate. He just lost the plate. And so I think they thought to, to themselves, and rightfully so, if he can't find the plate, we're not going to have him fail uh, with the big, big league club, and I don't blame them for that. But that one intrigues me a little bit because if his stuff starts to play again, there's a guy in your bullpen who I think can help you. And I'm not saying he's good, has to be fantastic, but as, as we as we go through this bullpen and the belief that they're probably not going to add from the outside at this point because they're just not right now, if Romero can throw strikes again, and have that nasty stuff, okay, he bumps up. Mejia either bumps back or bumps out entirely. Yeah, I mean, that one will be interesting because they're going to try to preserve Mejia. What, whatever's going to happen here, or or maybe he's just he just given the silent treatment for a couple is of days. Is he a starter? Is, is that the problem here? No. Is no. he just not very good? Is that yeah, the problem a, here? Yeah, that's a, that's a very legit question. If he's a starter, you better have the bullpen fire in early because it doesn't look like he can get through a lineup so what is once he or twice. To Rami's point, that's right. a really good question. I think what they're hoping, and we've seen this in a couple of his bomb starts or bomb outings, appearances, he'll get to 0-2 with a hitter, which is an indication to me you got the stuff. Like, big league hitters don't like to be in an 0-2 count if they can avoid it. You get ahead with a curveball for a strike, or you throw that 95 by somebody and get a swing and miss. That's that's big league reliever stuff. You can't fake that. But then to have a guy 0-2 and throw a cookie curveball in the middle of the plate is just inexcusable, and I don't get it. I think, now this is just outside looking in, casually watching games, I think that there is some sort of finisher mentality that he needs and doesn't have. That or he doesn't understand the game plan. You get a guy O two, you're allowed to stretch the plate. But you can know? I stop you right there then? Yeah, sure. Here's my problem then. These guys, the one thing I like about the brass now down to to Rocco and his coaching staff, yeah, is they seem to have a very good ability to share what the plan is. Right. Like I don't think players' assignments now are I don't really know. I think they are right. here's what we want privately. Here's what we want. Here's what we see you doing. Yep, definitely. And if if Mejia is struggling with that still, I don't know that he's going to catch on to well, it. 
at this point in time. Yes, agreed with that. And I think Does your, that make sense, your though? assessment is right on. But I look at the spot that they picked him to come in that game as already, what was it, 7 nothing when he came in? Right, but he's, he's in a mop-up role. But he's struggled before in situations that yeah. you need him, and so I don't know that he is understanding exactly what they're trying to tell him. And yeah. I think these guys make things crystal clear, well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think they probably sat down with him and said, hey, when you're 0-2, you can't throw a curveball in the middle of the plate into a guy's nitro zone for the Houston Astros. Like I'm sure that is made clear to him. Uh, what I don't think is connecting right now is like he's he's not in high leverage spots, but he's not getting it done when he's not, and he's out of minor league options. It's like you're kind of in a tough spot if you count on him long term, if you like him as a pitcher. To Rami's point, that might be a fair question right now. Are you sure this guy's worth the trouble? Are you sure it's worth preserving this arm on your staff. I don't know. I know that the Twins are high on him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made the team out of spring training. But um, it's really puzzling to me that a guy with raw stuff like that, that they like, lefty, 95, and secondary stuff, is not only incapable of finding the plate when he needs to, but all year is not getting it done, not executing on whatever the plan is. Do they have other legitimate options, whether here or at the minor league level, for the spots that... Mejia is is being put in right now. Somebody who oh yeah. They, so what what are we doing? Right. I mean, you're basically you're hoping that this is a blip. Right. I think you're hoping that at the end of the season you will get to say we stuck with him through tough times and now he's a big inning pitcher for us. And if Mejia fails, I think he just fails and and he's gone. That's my point. Romero to me is the key guy. Yeah. You need him. Well, like and- if he fails, it's a big deal. Mejia, you know what? If he washes out and and they try and and send him down, and because he's out of options, he gets claimed. I think he just gets claimed. It was worth a shot, right? Now Romero, the, yeah. This is why I'm talking about what we saw last night, and does this uh, bode for something good in the future? Because this is a guy who I think is supposed to uh, slot into what Mejia is being asked to do right now. And more. Well, yeah, I think I think Mejia is not being asked to do that much right now, frankly. I think he's sort of lost that trust. Romero is a guy who I thought coming into spring training was going to be a big piece for them. And don't forget, Rocco Baldelli told us, I was down there for about three weeks in spring training, and Rocco Baldelli said early in camp that they think, there was some question, is Fernando Romero a starter? Is he a reliever? How are you guys going to use him? Some Twins fans thought he might be a closer candidate this year with no real obvious heir apparent on the roster. And Rocco said he's not into pigeonholing roles, but I remember distinctly the word that he used is that Fernando Romero will be a weapon for us. He did say he'll pitch in shorter stints, which was his way of telling us that he's not going to be one of those stretched out starting pitchers, but he's going to pitch in shorter stints and be a weapon for our pitching staff. And what was it? Two weeks later, three weeks later, he was on the minor league side. So that's one that I think they counted on. Whatever they're going to tell us, they won't. They wouldn't say this publicly, but I think that's one that they came into camp counting on. Oh, there's no doubt they and, did. And who has now passed on that baton to late inning role? If you can get back into that, suddenly you add another guy to that mix of arms you trust back there. How about how about the guy who started the game last night, Pineda? Any cause for concern after that one? It's a good lineup, so I try not to overreact. Um, but I think overall, what you've seen so far, you like the fastball, you like the slider. You can see why they made the bet on him as a rehab guy. Paying him $8 million bucks this year does seem like, if he's going to get to the finish line, it does seem like a reasonable gamble for them. Um, but with that being said, I mean, last night was not good. You can't just say, oh, well, it's a good lineup over there. Because 
you get to face bad lineups too. You got to face the Baltimore Orioles, and you're allowed to get into the seventh inning in those spots. And if this team is pitched trying, to the schedule, trying to go anywhere, you're going to face some good lineups in October. That's right. And well, you need guys who can get outs against good lineups. Yeah, I'm not trusting Michael Pineda game two in the ALDS, if that's what you're asking. But I do like what he's given to date in terms of the stuff, the stuff that you can see coming back, big velocity. Uh, they call him Big Mike for a reason. I mean, you look at the guy, he's imposing, he's intimidating. They call him Big Mike because he's a left tackle. <laughs> 315 pounds. <laughs> he's enormous. Yeah. No, exactly right. I, I don't know. He I'm and not Wes gonna... Johnson are great when Wes Johnson yeah. comes out to talk to him. Well, Mike, how's the air up Did there? Did I ever tell you that story about Wes Johnson and Pineda? Oh, right. spring training? Spring training, yeah. So I was going to sit down with Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson and do a quick little interview on the side, kind of over by the bullpens there, Judd, in Fort Myers, kind of left field, tucked under the uh, the catwalk, I guess you'd call it. And Wes and I are walking, and we're about the same height. I, I mean, I may be a little bit taller, but I'm not going to gloat about it because he's the only person oh, that I'm taller than in that room. You're taller. And Michael Pineda walks out from the batting cages, and so he's, we sort of cross paths. And he's, what is he? Is he six foot, like seven? Three, he's three gotta plus, be up there. Yes. three bills at least. Oh, three! I'd say he's three fifty. Fifty? Oh, he's enormous. <laughs> he's a big has. boy. He's six seven two sixty. I don't think I trust official records too much. He's enormous. Yeah, I, it, very quickly, Rami. Don't 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 use baseball reference. Yeah. For weights. They had they had Adalberto Mejia listed at like hundred and ninety five pounds right? forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dead serious. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Actually, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't looking at Baseball Reference. That was Wikipedia. Baseball Reference has him at six seven two eighty. Two eighty. I have to keep going. Still, still inaccurate. Keep going. <laughs> he ain't under three bills. While I finish the story, let's check on B Ref's accuracy. Rami, would you look okay. up Williams Astadio's height and weight for Will me? Do. If you get a second. Yeah. So Wes Johnson Five, is 10, like He's kind of a joking. You know, he's gonna have fun with the guys. As the the framework of the interview, as he told me, is like I'm here to have fun and I'm here to educate. Those two things will lead to winning. And Pineda clearly must have already gotten an early sense that this guy was here to joke around because he reaches his right arm straight up over his head, like to give a high five. And Wes Johnson, who is every bit of five foot seven, squatted down and tried to jump and get that at the top of his vertical. He did get the high five, so I was impressed with the vert. Did Pineda bring the hand down a little bit to no, help no, no, Wes no. out? No, no, no. Pineda was not playing games. He wanted to see if the pitching coach could get there. You find it? Williams Astadio listed at 5'9", 225. 225, okay. By baseball reference. Well, okay, all right. That wasn't as bad five, as I, I thought. 5'9". That's probably not. I think that's believable. I swear I thought I saw yeah. like a, a 190, but I, I must have been, I must you're, have had somebody else. I think you're thinking of Mejia, because I'm on one. Mejia's page right now, and it's, he's listed at 6'3", 195 pounds. Sure he is. Keep, keep going. I feel like so. me and uh, La Tortuga are similarly built gentlemen. Okay. He, he has an inch or two on me, so and I, I hover right around... Two bills okay. when, when I'm in good shape. So I, I believe 5'9", 225 okay. for Williams Estadio. That it, seems believable. He's for me. got the quickness, too. First step quickness. Past, uh, past four starts for Pineda, by the way. Yeah. The gents, he, he actually had a good first two starts. But the past four, he has pitched 20 innings. He's given up 18 earned runs. He's walked four, struck out 12, given up five home runs. And the ERA is at 8.10. One of those was the game I went to on my birthday against the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. he started. Start. And that was, yeah, he had a really bad, I think it was like the fourth inning. He got lit up pretty good. And it's the home runs. You you just read off the stat line. It's the home runs that do jump out to you. So I, I look at that and typically say, unless a guy's just terrible, that does tend to normalize over the course of a season. And... You, listen, you you have to give up the pitch to give up the home run. I, I get that. So he's contributing to that in some way. Yep. But I do look at it and I say, 
is the stuff there? If the stuff's not there, let's and talk and let's boot him and let's find another starter. Fox Sports North. But I kind of like his stuff. Uh, Fox Sports North um, graphics group put up the stats last night, and I want to say it was mind-boggling the third time through how hard he got hit. Oh, it, and that makes sense. You know, first time through, ERA was fine, normal. Second time through, it went up, but it was not off the charts awful as i recall but the third time okay. through you've got to get him out yeah like he I mean, can't he can't go a third time here's through. a guy who missed a season and a half sure. with tommy john surgery he had the knee thing he's just back. as far as it, trying to win games that's now. that's exactly right i do think they have to it might protect change. that a little bit there's listen there's an honest argument to be made that at some point you find one of these guys and use an opener with him and and he might be it. I, I don't know because Martin Perez pitched all right. Jake Odorizzi had I that nice Jake start was, the other day. I thought Jake was, and Jake was absolutely lights out two nights ago. Third time through, the Astros order is no easy task, and he made it look so. easy. He he executed his plan perfectly against Houston, and I just I don't know. I think there is a spot. Now we're in May. We're not talking small sample quote unquote anymore. Now you start to look. What do the Twins talk about all the time? We are going to equip ourselves to win tonight's game. We'll figure out the rest tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There, One of the ways to do that would be helping out Michael Pineda. There are bit. very few pitchers that I'd allow to try and go through the Astros order a third time. Even if they're rolling, there are very few guys who I don't look at them and go, eh, maybe give me that baseball, big guy. You know did, what I mean? Did it bug you that they pulled Odorizzi at that point, given how well he was pitching? Not really, into no. the eighth, and then you go no. to Taylor Rogers. Are you kidding? You weren't offended? Five what? years ago, we would have been offended. That's my oh, point. So, so, so this was great last night. Garrett Cole, right? He's got the no-hitter going through, what, into the 7th or the 6th. So Dick starts talking, Bramer, starts talking about how A.J. Hinch, this is going to be one of the toughest decisions if he has to take him out. You know, he has not given up a hit yet. This A manager hates this. God bless him. Morneau says, it's not really going to be that tough. It's 2019, partner. Astros it's don't not care. no, no, and nobody and and that, but that's okay. That's the thing about baseball now that I've come to to accept because you know I watch baseball my whole life. I'm yeah. nearly 50, right? So ordinarily the old thing was, oh my gosh, you're going to take out a guy with a no hitter. You can't do that. Nobody gives a damn now. Yeah, and and, and World Series and tomorrow no knows credit. He's like he's not going to care. Yeah, and he's I, right. Yeah. So so to your question about Jake two nights ago. I thought it was logical sure. to take him out. It made perfect sense. Didn't to you me. guys? Yeah. But that, the, and I got a lot of that on Twitter too because I posed the question. I said, "Do you keep? Do you let Odorizzi keep rolling here?" Uh, I think I know my answer. Is what I I think I tweeted, and I got a lot of responses. Most people said, "Take him out, take him out." No, this is like that. You got more than I expected from him. Take him out. And I think five years ago that avalanche would have been on the other side. They would have said, "Are you kidding? You're going to take this guy out in the best start of his twins career? Let him keep rolling." But the the at least the fans on Twitter.com, which is only one website we're polling here, but mm-hmm. they are saying, honestly, that was a pretty good go against the Houston Astros, and this is a one nothing ball game that you want to win. I'd say take them out and put in Taylor Rogers. That's exactly what they did. Did you read the article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday? Uh, no, I did the, not. The, the starting pitcher strikes back, and they, they, they look around Major League Baseball that bullpens are just getting lit up, and the theory is, quite simply, there are not enough good pitchers on the planet Earth to sustain the production that teams have been getting out of their bullpen since huh. the since the evolution of bullpenning, and it's finally catching up to teams, and that's why you're seeing bullpen ERAs up all over baseball. Okay, well, I mean, Tampa's doing okay with it. Uh, yep. 
And not enough guys on Earth. Well, there's one that's currently unemployed who could help somebody if they wanted a, him to. That's a great point. So, well, and, and there's two pitchers yeah. out there still. Dallas that's Keiko really could help in your bullpen too if you wanted yeah. him to. I'm sure this is true. So I look at this and I say that's there's probably something to that that the you don't have the horses on 30 teams to get done what you want to get done. I do think that the trend in baseball is going to continue in that way. Of I, I'm. Not commenting on the article specifically, Rami, because I'll have to go back and check that out. But you're going to have teams that want to bullpen their way and they don't have good enough arms to do it. And as the trend goes to shorter and shorter starts, that's going to continue to happen, I think, in the next year, two years, three years, five years in baseball. But there is going to be the survival of a guy like Garrett Cole, uh, Justin Verlander. Those guys will still get their 220 innings. How much do you think also that... Good relievers can be used. 70 times? Because, you know, Rodgers is a prime example. Basically every so, other game. So my, yeah, so my question, be, be because you're not, to the uh, journal's point, you know, they are right. If you say we're going to use our entire bullpen, it's probably going to explode. Like at some point in time, most teams aren't going to have that many good guys in the bullpen who can who can come in consistently. And relievers will start turning into like running backs in the NFL, yeah. where careers will be shorter. But like, but like a guy like Rogers, who clearly has taken a step and is really good right yeah. now. The question I think then becomes: How much can Rocco Baldelli use that guy d- during the course of a season to continue to keep him consistently uh, fresh and thus effective? 70 times before the playoffs, and then I don't know what happens in the playoffs. Uh, that, that to me, is untapped, uncharted territory because I don't know how much a guy wears down. Like Craig Kimbrell was the best reliever in baseball for how many years, or, or at least on the very, and very Chapman short list. with the Cubs? Yeah, I mean. Joe Madden didn't give a damn at, at that point. Yeah, I just look at it and I say, over the course of an October, yeah. when you're trying to use a guy in every game, Brandon Morrow comes to mind. That's... Does that have short-term and long-term ramifications for that arm? I don't know that answer, but I think teams would be wise to invest in figuring it out. If you win a World Series, do you care? No. Flags fly forever. And (laughs) baseball players are fungible commodities that can be cycled through and replaced. Do you care? No. So if I, if I, in essence, destroy you, but I get a World Series from it, Mm -hmm. or a deep run from it, and then I got to go find the next guy... That's fine. Not too worried about it. Are you okay. asking me as a fan or as as if I'm one of those Either. guys? No, 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 I don't, no. I don't want you to burn out my arm if I'm a no, pitcher. No, no, no. I want a career. <laughs> I'm asking you as... I probably want a career and I'm a asking, paycheck for the next few years in a World Series. I'm asking ring. you as an executive. Or Executives if, don't care. Oh, no. As okay. an executive, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yep. consider that. Trade whatsoever. for a Rolls Chapman. That. Ride him as hard as you want to. Okay. Oh, let's even go further back. This is the first example I can think of in my conscious memory. The Brewers popped up one year. They had Ben Sheets and they traded for CC. With, for, with the Indians, and they basically said, go get them. We're just going to pitch every inning of every game that you possibly can. Now, CC, I think, has proven, he recorded his 3,000th strikeout the other mm-hmm. night for New York. He's proven he's a freak. He is just so far above and beyond the norm of what you'd expect. Because being fat is good. Well, I don't know. CC's athletic. He's what Rami would but call... CC lost weight. Fit fat. Fit fat. But mm-hmm. he lost weight and got worse. And then got fat again. And got better. But now, he's not. Now he he's almost not that died of a heart attack in the winter, so that was a bad thing. But he yeah, came back fat. A, that's never a good thing. 
Well, thank see, God for those stents they can th- throw in your chest. We're, ta- that, uh, we're talking about weight, and uh, I told what did I tell you? Baseball Reference had Williams Estadio at two twenty five, five nine two twenty five. Mac tweets at Scoredora says ESPN has Williams Estadio listed at five nine one eighty five. That's the one I saw. That's what I was <laughs> no, they don't. That's oh, what I was trying come to tell on. you. Yeah. I know, uh, Manny, on. that's what I was thinking of. Got to be kidding I was on me. Williams Estadio's ESPN page, and that is what I saw. Oh my gosh! When did they? When did they weigh him? When he was 14? When he signed originally. Speaking <laughs> up, Williams asked to do, I'll be recreating the La Tortuga sandwich for the Score North staff today. Right after this show is over, I'm going to bust out the old George Foreman grill and uh, oh my gosh, start griddling up some sandwiches. I can't wait. They do. Yeah. I'm oh, looking yeah. at it right now, 5'9", 185. And then I'll have the recipe for you at scorenorth.com by Friday. Is this a Rami's recipe? It's going up Friday. It is a Rami's recipe. Nice. I was at home last night working guys, hard, perfecting this. There's a picture. His chin's way more than the list of the weight. <laughs> so, like, I'm looking at the Ostadia picture with like three chins, yeah, and it's claiming that he is 185 pounds. I'm one. I'm 160. Then we'll hit a quick break on the other side. Speaking of numbers and whether or not they're real, the Twins are hitting a lot of home runs. Some would say an unsustainable amount of home runs, but the numbers may say otherwise. It's the Score North first place Twins show. Score North on 1500 and ScoreNorth.com. I've become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins Twins coverage on Score North and scorenorth.com. A high drive to right center field. And another home run for the Twins. Gonzalez with his second of the year. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's the Score North first place twins show. And we have twins programming for you five days a week for you here on Score North with contributors like former twins pitcher Glenn Perkins, Tom Kelly, Patrick Royce. Just search Score North twins show on Apple or Spotify or wherever you download podcasts or do yourself a favor, do us a favor, download that Score North mobile app. And the more you listen there, the more you can uh, rack up points for potential Potential rewards. It's available for Apple and in the Google Play Store. That's S K O R North. That's also how you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Yesterday we talked with uh, Roy Smalley on the uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami show, and you can hear that at scorenorth.com as well. And uh, I asked him if I was crazy, Derek, to think that the Twins could keep up this home run pace. And he said, I'm not crazy, but. It's not likely, but you have done some crunching of the numbers when it comes to the power production of the Minnesota Twins and Major League Baseball at large. And Jeff Passan went and stole your research for his own article <laughs> yeah, right. at ESPN.com. I'm kidding. I'm sure he did his own research. But <laughs> the numbers indicate, if you look around Major League Baseball, that if the trend holds for yeah. the league as a whole, the, t- the Twins very well could keep up this pace, if not see a slight uptick when the weather warms up. Yeah, that's the part. I don't know if that's going to happen. I talked to a Twins player in the clubhouse um, after one of the Baltimore games and just said, like, you guys are really killing it. They're cruising towards 50 home runs for the season as a team, and you guys are killing it, home runs. He said, just wait till the weather warms up. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's a scary thought. They're already blasting off in April. Uh, You look around the league, and it's the – Single-season home run record will fall this year. This will be a new record. Not in terms of, you know, Barry Bonds being in trouble or uh, or anything like that, but 
every home run hit in Major League Baseball. There will be more in 2019 than there ever have been previously. Uh, the Twins as a team are looking excellent. Jeff Passan tweeted earlier today. I saw it. It might have been in his story. I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, the single-season team record was the Yankees last year, hit 267. And there are six teams, he writes, that are trending towards 250-plus. The Seattle Mariners are on pace for 300-plus. And that's without accounting for a summer warm-up. So I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. You know, we can talk all day about the ball's juiced or the different approaches to hitters and pitchers well, and how they're accepting strikeouts for power. for sure. And if it is, then in we're going to see a definite uptick in home runs there, this year. There was a show I heard a couple of days ago that I was saying, and I did not realize this, that they have now sent the juice ball to AAA. Yeah. And so the AAA stats are going off the charts. There's mm-hmm. no question the ball is That's juiced. the smoking gun. But but you know what else helps here, too? And congratulations to them for taking advantage of this, is playing Baltimore six times. Sure. Baltimore's essentially a double-A team. Well, flip side of that, somebody but, said. But as Roy, and Roy said this, and yeah. he's right, you did beat them. Right. And those are the type of games that if you're going to be a competitive team, you have to win. You get fat. So there's two sides to that, but that definitely helps because that pitching was awful. Somebody, somebody who's being a, what's the politically correct term for a negative Nancy? You Whatever. just did it. Negative right. Nancy. On Twitter, they were being that. And, I, you know, a quarter of their games are against... Oh, this is on Facebook, actually, which might explain it. Said uh, a quarter of their games are against the Orioles, and you can't count on this. These are inflated batting practice numbers. And I said, well, flip side of that, you look at the Orioles' pitching line, and part of the reason it looks so bad is because they've had to play a quarter of their games against the Twins, the Homer-happy Twins. They didn't think it was that funny, but I thought that was... I think these funny. guys can hit, though. This is like, a good home run hitting team. I, I wasn't really joking. The, was, power, the power surge might come back, and and as Roy said, it's going to ebb and flow at times. I'm sure he's right about that. They're but not going to hit 300 but home this, runs. But this team can flat out hit. This will hit more than 200 home runs. It will not hit 300. Well, the other thing, too, is should we just say that about the Yankees and the Red Sox, too? Because they get to play the Orioles 19 times yeah, that's right. this year. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean. Oh, and the schedule is ridiculous, so don't get me started. <laughs> and the Twins. The I thing. mean, the Twins in division have some patsies yes. on on the schedule. Sure. I, I said the other day, I think the Twins have potentially 50 plus wins in the division. I don't know if that's crazy to say, but I really, I that's see a lot. I see around 50 well, wins in the, or, or, or they could reach 50 wins within the division if they keep playing at this level. Kansas City's probably a triple A club. Yeah. The White Sox, I think, are actually going to be okay. Um, Detroit, I can't tell, but the team that I saw They're here pitching right now was not good. So, so you might be right. Uh, what is the what is your guys' working theory on uh, Nelson Cruz and what's wrong there? That I don't know because because Rocco Rocco acknowledged last night, but we're going in the football direction here. Oh yes, Rocco in the post game acknowledged that something is wrong and it's a maintenance thing. It, it was very hockey like. It's like it's a mid body <laughs> problem, but but I'm not going to tell you. Um, but and, and there were there were some tweets sent out about this last night comparing it, but. Fox Sports North had a really good shot of the fact that something's wrong with his hand because he is holding the bat. He's he's created a space, basically, between his hands. So instead of his hands being together on the bat, they're a little bit apart, and it looks really weird. And, and there's evidence that he's come close to doing this before, but I don't think as much. And the only thing I can go back to is, if you guys recall, I want to say the last homestand, he, or the first homestand, he got hit on the hand by a pitch. And he was upset about it, and it definitely looked like it hurt. But I think there's an issue there. And 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 Rocco didn't elaborate, but he did acknowledge that something is wrong. Okay, yeah, I I'm trying to think back to that 
hit by pitch. You remember when he? Do you remember when he said uh, it was? One, it was a pitcher. Who was that against? It, it, he he was brushed back the first time, and then the second time. Oh, I think he got and hit. Trevor Bauer hit him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Against the Indians. That must be it. And he was not happy. But so that's a while ago now. That might have left. I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There, the, there's something wrong. You remember though? We were in spring training, Judd, and when we were down there together, and they basically weren't playing Nelson yep. Cruz. Yeah. And it was like, what? Did, wasn't that your big acquisition for the winter? Where where has this guy been? Well. I go down to the minor league side, just like whatever, field six or whatever, as mm-hmm. far down as you can go until you're at that tower on the minor league side, and I see Nelson Cruz there working out in the little turtle shell cage, hitting bombs. I mean, just destroying baseballs. And I thought, oh, oh, okay, so he's not playing in games because he just straight up doesn't need games, and he's just going to take it easy because it's spring training and he's Nelson Cruz. And that was the explanation that I was given. I went digging on that a little bit that, like, Okay, it is a little suspicious that you sign this guy. He's 38. People worry about a decline at that age, and fans haven't seen him. Guys, you know they're starting to ask the question, just can you can you come out and say, like, what's wrong with Nelson Cruz? And there might have been some soft tissue there or whatever where, like, okay, he played early, and then he wanted to take it easy because of a muscle thing or something like that. But basically the explanation that I was given is, like, honestly, dude, he's 38. He knows his body. He knows what he needs to do to get ready for a season. Trust us and see what happens here in a couple of weeks. And sure enough, he's hitting bombs right out of the gate. So I, I don't know. It's just a long way of saying they are protective of Nelson Cruz. Right. And he knows what he needs to do to be but an effective Ro- DH. But when Rocco essentially acknowledges that something is off last night. And it is like hockey now, though. There is something there. Oh, they don't tell you. It is, a, it is hockey now. The Twins, I give them a credit now but they will not tell you it's Wednesday now. That's they're right. also they're super secretive about their their strategy and shifts. Yeah. When they shift and why You're because right. there's been a dramatic uptick in that this year. Anything with a slight possibility of a con- competitive advantage. It wasn't this way even a year ago and it was still Falvey and Levine. The difference is Rocco Baldelli. Yep. You're right. Comes yeah. from the Tampa Bay Rays, a very secretive organization, and they basically collectively decided we aren't going to tell you anything. And now. I don't know about you guys, that's how I would operate. Totally. If I was, if I was in any sort of uh, oh. management position in oh. any professional sport. Trust me, this you sounds would get nothing. Out this of me. sounds like sour grapes because I'm a guy there trying to ask questions right. at Target Field, and I'm getting you know the runaround on some of these answers. Not sour grapes at all. I think it's the smart way to approach managing a baseball team in 2019. I don't care if you don't answer my question. What do you owe me? My my opinion is this. If I think you're smart, it's fine. If I think you're a twit and you're still doing that, then you're an idiot. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> yes. what, what drives me crazy is executives and coaches, managers, who you can tell aren't that bright, and they're trying to, to hide things, and you're like, you're hiding the wrong thing. You're not even doing this right. Sure. I don't sense that with the twins. Right. I think Fawley and Levine are smart guys. And and I, th- I think they're, they're all smart. Rocco's smart, too. But what drives me nuts is when it's an obvious idiot who thinks that they're being smart by trying not to tell me things. And it's like, you're not even doing this right. The twins, I think, are. But but they won't even talk about or elaborate on their strategy of at-bats now. Right. Which clearly they've told guys, get up there and work the count. I wonder how much media. And and do a good job there. And let us see, first of all, dry pitch counts, which is very, very smart. Second of all, allow everybody to see everything this guy has. Kepler has done a fantastic job at times. He strikes out at times and has great at-bats. The the Verlander game two nights ago, 
10 pitch, first at bat, struck out. Okay, that's still a good at bat. So 10 pitches from Justin. Because you forced him to throw 10 pitches, uh, which yep. he didn't want to do. And you and you forced him to throw essentially a lot of what he's going to throw. Yep. So where I give the Twins credit is they're secretive, but I think they're pretty smart about it. Yeah. And Kepler told me the other day after his uh, leadoff home run was at Dylan Bundy's game where he just like grooved a, a pipe first shot pitch. fastball and Sunday, Kepler yes. just roped it. Okay, yep. He told me, I was like, yeah, so so Rocco kind of talks about quality at-bats and stuff, and he said, well, there's more than one way to have a quality at-bat. That's right. It can be seeing a yeah. bunch of pitches, or it can be you got your hit-me pitch on the first pitch, and you hit a home run. Well, and it's, That's a good at-bat. And, and it's Baltimore, too. It's yeah. Bundy, too. <laughs> sure, I can sure. swing at Bundy can throw two pitches. I don't care. So, but But if I'm facing Verlander and I get 10 pitches from him, that's good. That's working it. That's great. Strategy-wise, I do think there is something to working the count, but I think the Twins under James Rousen and now Rocco Baldelli, too, are saying, if you get it, Byron Buxton, if you get a first or second pitch fastball that you think you can crush, yeah. crush it. I don't want to see you take that and try to get yourself into a 3-1 count. That's not a that's not a hitter's count anymore. So anytime you get into, whether it's a hitter's count or not, if you get a hit-me pitch, it's okay to just do damage early in the count. I, I kind of think that's the approach now. Now, if it extends and you get yourself in a two-strike, well, now play defensive and you're going to want to work the count and drive the pitch count out. At least go down swinging, uh, go down punching, but I don't think that they're scared of swinging at early pitches. N- not to get too far off of the original point you made, though, Judd, which I think is one that's worth underscoring, It everything is a state secret now. Mm. Er, er, how, yeah. What's your plan for uh, Fernando Romero in spring training? Well, you know, we're going to use him. He's going to be a pitcher on our staff, and we think he's going to be a weapon in shorter stints. That that was the answer. And I don't fault Rocco Baldelli for answering the question like that. But the question was: Is he a starter well, or is he a reliever? And the only and the only they, thing the only thing that teams can't come back to to me and say ever then is if I interpret it and say right. here's what's up. That's so right. I will say Nelson Cruz hurt. Something's right. wrong there. And don't tell me, well, no, you're not supposed to. No, no, no. I'm going to tell and you that. Know. But it's but right. it is but it's totally your right. Yeah, oh yeah. To not talk about it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you don't owe me anything, but I would just say realize that I am not here representing Derek Wetmore. Yeah. I, I am here representing the Minnesota Twins fans and the fan base who has questions, where is Nelson Cruz? So basically, Judd, what you're saying is you don't want things, you don't want to hear things like... General soreness. You don't want to hear stuff like that, right? I then want to interpret that and say he has a quadricep injury. You know what they call that? It, Reckless speculation. That's what they call that. <laughs> and that's what Score North was founded on. <laughs> Everything you guys just did is the basis for why we exist today. We were built on a bedrock foundation of reckless speculation. Score North, we cut through the BS. They won't tell you, though, man. They won't tell you it's Wednesday. They're, no, they're Rick Spielman and these but guys Rami's could right. sit in the same room. Rami's right. That's how I would operate, 100%. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Yep. I'd find as many ways as possible to not answer your questions. I heard a Jed Hoyer interview the other day, Rami. Do the do the Cubs do this really? Uh, and the Brewers, I know, do this. But yeah. do the Cubs under Theo Epstein operate in the same way of like, well, you know, we're going to have a pitching staff and they're going to get a lot of outs Theo this year. Ep- Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer will sit down and have a really good baseball philosophy discussion with you. And okay. you can probably extrapolate a lot out of that in terms of how they operate their franchise. Franchise, but never will give you specifics about players and the sure. franchise themselves. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not faulting the twins. This is the way of the world. But it's uh it's a change. I mean, I would I was gonna say 10, 15 years ago, but one year ago, 
you wouldn't get well, the, these kinds Paul of guarded secrets. Paul didn't do that. Yeah. No, he couldn't help That's himself. That's the difference. You don't fault the Twins for being secretive. Do you fault Twins fans for not showing up to Target Field? We'll discuss that next on the Score North. First place Twins show. They're in first place. I don't know if you knew that. Target Field that trademark? attendance first place. indicates you don't know that. We'll talk about that right after this. Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Deron deals. That ball is smoked to center field. Wow, did he get a lot of that. Ball going. Car rushed. Ball gone. Center field just to the left of the 400 sign. You want to play long ball with the Padres? They can They can play that these days. That's for sure. Solo, Reyes. Two batters later. Solo, Hosmer. 4-2. Padres. That is the Padres Radio Network. Who is that play-by-play guy? He's outstanding. That I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. It does not say. I bet that's Padres Radio Network. I bet that's Ted Leitner. I've never heard a cadence like that. Who's been their play-by-play guy for quite some time? That's terrific. I enjoyed that. Do you want more? Sure. I mean, I'm sure we can find more for you. <laughs> if you got any more, Manny? I give mean, me more. I'll dig some up here. That was like fun. There. That was a lot of fun. You know what else is fun is going out to Target Field, and uh, apparently. We need to get that message out to more people in the Twin Cities area because this is a first-place team. This is a team with the third-best record in all of baseball. And right now, they have the second-highest percentage drop in terms of average attendance per game. And I don't I don't want to make this about hashtag put a roof on it, but that, that would help if they hashtag put a roof on it, right? And if you look around Major League Baseball as a whole, you can't say this is a baseball problem, Derek, because it's pretty much held still to this point in the season in terms of attendance. Last year, average crowd was 26,560 around Major League Baseball. This year, it's 26,859. So it's that's a drop of less than 1%. So this is... This is a Twins problem, and only the Blue Jays have had a a more precipitous drop in average attendance per game. They've gone down 33% from 27,000 down to about 20,000. The Twins, at this time last year, were averaging just over 21,000, and this year they're just over 17,000, and that's paid attendance. If you look at actual butts in seats on TV, it's hard to estimate, but there are times where I think you'd be hard-pressed to count 1,000 people in target field this year. Well, I don't know that I go that far. I mean, it's it's empty, but it's not thousand people empty. I think there are two things at play here. One, the weather is uh, when you talk about butts in seats, that's probably going to impact it in northern climates. But tickets sold is a product of Twins fans being skeptical, is it not? Yes. I, I mean, I get that stuff online every day, whether it's on my Facebook page, on the the newsletter comments. Actually, the newsletter people are pretty optimistic. Maybe it's filtered for hence, that. Hence, them subscribing to your newsletter, Derek. newsletter from Derek Wetmore. Uh, but the like, the Twitter crowd is just salty, man. I mean, we we've talked about this plenty before. I think that there is a wait and see from Twins fans that is really pronounced. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know what it's like in other markets because I've only covered one other team and I didn't have a real great beat on what their fans thought of the team. But Twins fans that you run into online, even that you run into at Twins Fest. They're they're skeptical. They're in wait and see. I think attendance is oftentimes a product of what happened the year before, not what's happening in the month of late March, early April, and especially in Minnesota, where like you got a million things you could do on a weeknight during the school year when it's chilly outside. Tons of things you could go do, and Twin Cityans do take advantage of that. And I, I also think this is a major byproduct of the fact that 
if the Twins were to announce this, which I don't think they would, the season ticket sales again dropped. It's got to be around 10,000 or so. Yeah, we've because been hearing... the Verlander game was 12,000 plus. That was 54 degrees at first pitch. Not bad. Um, and you got 12,000 plus for that game. Last night was the same announced crowd. So that season ticket base has to it be... It could be around like 11, 12. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and what you're not getting yet is walk-ups, which does go to, to the fact that the spring has been brutal. Sure. But also goes to, to the fact of what you said, which is another important topic, which is when... When does this team turn a corner to people believe? And right. I think you're right. I think if they're successful in 2019, fans will not really, really, really begin to show up consistently until 2020. And that's provided they get off to a good yeah. start again. Because fans here, rightfully so, are jaded. So by, if there's, they're jaded. If there's a... a Deep playoff run. I won't even go as far as World yeah, Series. Let's, let's say, say they go let's to the say, championship. Let's say they series. make it to the ALCS. Yeah. You, you still think we're looking at seventeen thousand at this point last year as the oh, average attendance? No, 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 no. Because then our walkups are going to be big. Oh yeah. Because then Minnesotans know this is the team. This is the trendy thing to do. You're going to get. You're going to get your five to ten thousand walkups. If they're in first place in July, I'm curious. Yeah. No, because I think I, they'll get. I think they'll get numbers. Now playoffs, they will for sure. Yeah. Here's what I think is. I'm I'm curious to think or to know what the average uh like the consensus among Twins fans that they didn't try this offseason. And I I just I don't get that. Just because they didn't sign Craig Kimbrell, you don't think they tried? Like they signed Nelson Cruz. They got Jonathan Scope. They got CJ Crone. Last year they traded for Jake Odorizzi. Last year they signed the Michael Pineda to a rehab contract. The, pro- the problem that they ran into from a business standpoint was November signings are forgotten by January. Yeah, but I mean, no, I know, but think about this: Scope, Cruz, yeah. those Blake Parker, signings were early trying. on, but they, but people forget, and so by so so in January, people are like, "Go get Bryce Harper." Well, they're not going to. They're well, not going to. Well, and remember, they went after you. I mean, sorry to bring this up, Rami, because you're a Cubs guy, but remember, yeah. they went after you, Darvish, yeah, exactly and everybody right. was mad at them that they didn't get you, Darvish, and now look at where you, Darvish, is right now. By the yeah. way, I'm not as sour on the you, Darvish signing as a lot of people are. He had one bad year in a six-year contract. Yeah. That doesn't make it a failure of a signing. Yeah, There's that's right. still some more bad years that need to happen for that. <laughs> uh, Josh tweets, <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get him, Rami. Says, says, I 100% believe in this Twins team, but no chance am I leaving my 65-inch TV. That's right. To pay nine dollars a beer plus thirty dollar tickets in forty degree weather when I know June late May is going to have some beautiful days that's at right. the park. Yep. Yeah, that's a big part of that it. One. And I, I, I mean, you could go get that. Uh, what's that cheaper ticket deal where you can get like your five dollar buds and you can go. You can get cheaper concessions. There's like and an stuff. all Remember you can eat package in now, spring training yeah. for certain games. You can get. You can get more discounted stuff, but the point stands. I mean, you're paying 15 bucks for parking at Ramp A, which is a joke. You've got to go into the game. I don't know what your ticket's going to cost just for GA. We to get actually in. should talk about that. The fact the city—it's not the Twins. I know it's not the, the Twins. The fact that the city is paying 15 bucks for a three-pronged, very important ramp is ridiculous. And it's not even fully open. And it's ten, but it's ten dollars for the Wolves, which I completely get. Ten dollars is incredibly fair to me. Yeah. But you're gouging people for $15. It's ridiculous. 81 baseball games in in a ramp that if you're from the western suburbs, you can drive right into. Yep. So if I'm coming from Minnetonka, Edina, Wyzetta, Eden Prairie, yep. all all of those, I drive right in. If I got a family, in and out, it's easy and you want $15 from me? I know me? it. And you're the city which by the way didn't put a didn't lift a finger to help with this stadium. It was the county. 
That is, if I was the twins, I'd be livid at the city. Yeah, they. What? Well, what can they say publicly? Right? You idiots did nothing for us. <laughs> Back off. Make it ten dollars. If I'm a, if I'm a mom and dad, I have fifteen dollars for parking tickets. I'll pay ten bucks for parking, but fifteen dollars. I think that moves people not to go. No, I get it. And I, if you go down and park in the surface ramp across the street from uh, Kieran's, yeah, I think that's seventeen dollars. Yeah, this I get is baseball. It. Yeah, you're not going to go to twenty five games a summer at that price. You no. just you're just not. You you can't. It, and I've I've been saying this for well, pretty much since I got here. And whenever the problem, whenever the discussion of baseball's problems, whether it's attendance, drop in ratings, just a drop in in it seems the fan base and chatter about baseball in general. Lower your prices. That's the first. That's the first thing I would do if I'm Rob Manfred. Instead of trying to change the rules of the game to try and draw in younger people, yeah. lower the prices. Market your sport better and do a better job with your social and digital media. Let's let's start there. Yeah. If you as if, accessible if you, as possible for if games, if you want to garner right. more fans, make the game more accessible and market it better. Sure. Well, yeah, agreed. Didn't their digital media arm just spin off for like a billion dollars to Disney though? So like. Probably doing no, okay on the tech no, side of things. Their app is amazing, but I just mean in terms of Put games I, on. I'm just messing putting with you. the games on the blackout yeah. restrictions that yeah. baseball yeah. has with yeah, yeah. with the app. I mean, Rami it's, for commissioner. That's I, right. All right, Rami I'm for in. commissioner. Rami, can you, you imagine the popularity of the show if one of our own became commissioner of baseball? What be great you, for us. What if you ran baseball and I ran downtown? Cool. Let's do it. Sign me I, up could, for both. I could make some changes downtown that would help, <laughs> including that Nicolet Mall disaster that these idiots <laughs> thought was a good idea. I'll tell you about it sometime. Seriously, the level of incompetence down there is off the charts, and I don't care who hears this. I love you guys, but if I got the commissioner job, chances are I wouldn't be here Monday. We'd get Rob Manfred. We'd just swap <laughs> you up. We'd, just sell, we'd sell you down the river in oh, a hot minute. Mackie and Judd with Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Love it. I can see it now. That's on a billboard someday, boys. That'd probably get ratings. I'm just saying, that would probably get the ratings and the clicks and the streams and everything else that Love we're it. going after. On scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, which is available in Apple and Google Play stores. Catch this and all our twins programming on those fine outlets at SKOR North. For Derek, for Judd, for Manny, I'm Rami, and this has been the Score North First Place Twins Show.